Okay, today we're starting the second parak of Meseches Tainus, which is Daf Tesvav. So we're going to start from the Mishnah Tesvav Amalv, from the beginning of the second parak. Now, the, uh, the Mishnayis in the first parak went through the different fast days that there would be Mesakein when there was a lack of rain. That when it didn't rain at a certain point in time, they would have three fast days that were specifically for Yechidim, for special people. And then if that, uh, not special people in terms of, from, you know, like uh, people who are and the like, and then if, uh, if that didn't work, they would then have seven fast days for everybody, and then if that didn't work, they would have another three fast days, and then, um, and, and then, I'm sorry, three, three, and seven, rather, and then, uh, and then if that didn't work, it was already too late, and it was just going to be a similar for it to rain. So now the, the mission is going to talk about the tefillos that they would have on those fast days. So this is a little bit of an unusual daf, because the majority of the daf is a Mishnah, right? The Mishnah goes all the way until uh, two-thirds way down the page on Amud Beis. The Mishnah is also going to talk about Derech Agav, the Kohanim who are in, working in that week's Mishmar, or in that day's base of, whether they would fast or not fast, whether they'd be included in fast days, and also, in general, in Megillus Tainus, where it goes through the different special days that they were Mesake not to fast on, or not to say a spademan, because they were very joyous days, so the Mishnah is going to discuss whether those days alone are usher for for Tainus and for and for Hespid, or even the days before and the days after, and then uh, the Gemara is going to tell us the days that we absolutely the Mishnah is going to talk about the days that we absolutely cannot make a fast that we're not allowed to make a fast day at all, and then at the beginning of the Gemara we're going to talk a little bit about the afer that they would put the ashes that they would put on people's heads uh, as part of the fasting procedure. So let's see, seder tainios ketzad. What is the uh, the seder of the of the fast seder ayom of the fast? Day, meaning on the fast day they would have to they would have to have a special davening. So what kind of davening would they have? Now, which type of fast days are, are is this talking about? So it's certainly talking about the seven last fast days. Remember, we said there was three, three, and seven. The seven last fast days as a result of a loss of a, a result of a lack of rain. There is a machlokas rishonim though whether this is also true for other tsaros that the seaboard has. I mean, sometimes they make a fast day just because there's something terrible happening, something horrible is happening in the Jewish people. So they make a fast day. Whether this applies to those kinds of fast days, all the things we're about to say, all the tefillahs we're about to say, apply to a kind of fast day, it's just for stamat tzara, for other tzaros, is a machlokas rishonim. And what the machlokas is based on is uh, Rabbi Yehuda's shita, which is going to say that lo Rabbi Yehuda says that we don't include zichronos v'shofros as part of the tefillah on the fast days. And the Gemara is going to explain that the reason for Rabbi Yehuda that we don't say zichronos v'shofros uh, is that we only say it on Rosh Hashanah and Yovel and Neshas Melchama, but not B'tainis Geshamin, not for a tainis of rain. So it sounds like the whole machlokas is only whether you say Zechronos V'shofros on a tainis Geshamin, but everyone would agree that you would say it B'shas Melchama. So it sounds like other tsaros you would say it. So the way the Ran explains it is that it doesn't only mean Shas Melchama, any tsaros you would say all these other things. Um, so he says that's why, that's the Shita Saran, is that all the things we're going to say in our Mishnah, apply to other tzaros as well. The Beis Yosef, however, is Medayi from the Rambam otherwise. The Rambam in the fourth paragraph of Hilchus Tanios writes that Bekol Yom Mishevet Tanios Shel Matar Mispalan Al Seder Zed. 
all of the seven fast days that are for rain, we're going to say the tefillos that we're about to list off in the Mishnah. But it sounds from the Rambam, it's only shalmatar. If it's only, it's only if it's for rain, not for other things. So we got three words into the Mishnah. Say that Tanios Ketzah. How how do we daven on a tainus? So number one, Matzinas Teva Lerachovashaliyah. We bring out the Aron Kodesh to the town square. Vinosin Efer Makla Al Teva, and we actually put ashes on top of the Aron Kodesh. On top of the Aron Kodesh. Not only that, Uberosha Nasi Uberosha Avbezdin. Also on the head of the Nasi and the head of the Avbezdin. Vekol Echa Veecha Nosin Berosho. And after we place it on the head of the Nasi and the head of the Avbezdin and on top of the Aron Kodesh, then each individual there puts it on their own, puts ashes on their own head. Now there's a Tosos that's misplaced over here. Tosos on Tesvavim Bez at the bottom uh, is going on this line. Tosos writes something shocking. Tosos writes, Va'oso Efer, the bottom Tosos, Va'oso Efer, those ashes that they put, Have Me'etzem Adam, those ashes are ashes of human bone. Shariu Efer Avilizukarun Ha'akedo Ba'akedo Hayat Samos. Because that ash, these ashes are supposed to be to remember the akeda, and the akeda was was bones. It was a burning of bones of Yitzchak. So, as a remembrance of the akeda, we put ashes of uh, of human bone. So, this is a major discussion in the achronim. What? on earth is Tosos talking about. So some of the Archonim say, first of all, it, it, it can't be. It can't be that you take human bone and you make ashes out of human bone. The Rabbi Yaakov Emden writes in his Hagos that w- which, which person is going to volunteer for that, you know, burn me, you know? Like, wh- where, which person are you burning to take his human bone for, for this purpose? Not only that, what's it for? Be, what, what's all Svara? Because it's Zecha too, Akedas Yitzchak. You remember how the end of the story where Yitzchak was burnt and we used... No! At the end of the story he wasn't burnt. At the end of the story he lived. There was no ashes by Akedas Yitzchak. What's this talking about? That was this even talking about? So in the Sefer Osar Chaim, he writes, the quote about the Masifta in the uh, Panini Alecha section of the Masifta, he says in the Sefer Osar Chaim, he writes that it could be that it was a typo in Tulsa. The Tulsa originally wrote Etzem Aleph. And what he really meant was Etzem Ayu. The bone of a ram, because that's a zechut akedas yitzchak, because that's what was really burnt at the end of akedas yitzchak. But once said that to Malif, the printer decided to uh, do us a favor and spell out the whole word. But he was not Maritz and he didn't know what the whole word should be, so he wrote Adam instead of instead of Ayil. Or it could be that it just said etzem, and then the printer added the word Adam. In the Sefer Shemen Sasson, the the author of the the Magen Avraham and Parshas Vayero writes that that maybe Yitzchak Avinu he quotes a medrash that Yitzchak Avinu really was burnt and is ashes uh, were spread out over Haram Maria. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought the special dew of Tchiyas HaMesim and did it Tchiyas HaMesim and, and reconstituted Yitzchak's body. So then there, if that's the case, then there was Efer the, to remember. But the very issue of whether, uh, whether you're allowed to use ashes of human bone for anything uh, meaning, does it require kvura? Is it mitame? That's also a big discussion in the Rishonim and Achronim. Whether, meaning, this happens in two, two situations where this comes up in Lemaisa. One situation is Rahman al when, uh, like in the Holocaust, where our enemies uh, burn, burn the Jewish people, and uh, what, all we're left with is ashes, or let's say uh, um, in 9 11, where uh, so much turned to ash. So if you're able to identify ashes of a person, the other situation that comes up with is, unfortunately, you have a lot of times people who are not uh, religious Jews and who don't 
uh, care about kvura and they ask to be cremated and a lot of times their family honors their wishes to be cremated uh, dishonoring them obviously it's it's a design of hamas to be cremated and it's terrible but they ask to be cremated so do you have to bury those ashes i mean is there any mitzvahs kvura on those uh, on those ashes so this is a discussion in the uh, in, in in the post and the lechma panim writes that for those who are burnt al kiddush hashem um, they require kvura and their the ashes are matami because there is always a, because even though ashes itself are not metame, there is a bone called the luz bone that the Gemara Baba Kama talks about in Tazayin and Mbez, where Tosin Baba Kama talks about where that that but that we assume the fire is never going to be able to burn that bone. So even if you have a cremated remains of an entire human body and it looks like it's all ashes, that loose bone is somewhere in there, and that bone alone is metame. But most of the posts can assume that Ephraimes is not metame. It's a mission in the second part of Avlos, uh, and the Rambam Paskins this way in Hilchos Tumas Meis that uh, Efer uh, of a mace is not metame, and you don't have to worry about the loose bone. That whole idea of the loose bone is divrei agada. We don't learn halacha from divrei agada. That's, that's agadata. So we don't have to worry about it at all in terms of uh, in terms of Thomas mace. Now, a lot of uh, the, some of the poskim, however, do say that when you're dealing with people who are killed al Kiddush Hashem, we should do some honor with them and therefore bury them anyway in a, in a Jewish cemetery. They say, after those who wanted to be cremated though, they, there was a takana keduma not to bury them in a Jewish cemetery, uh, people who, who were cremated, not to bury their ashes in a Jewish cemetery. There's a big misconception that people who have tattoos can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery. That's not true. But there was an ancient takana not to bury people who were cremated in a Jewish cemetery. I mean, not to bury their ashes. There's no mitzvah skura, so it's certainly fair game to make such a takana. So anyway, so those are the ashes that they would put. Then the Mishnah tells us, the zakin amongst them would, uh, would, say, would say to them uh, inspiring words or things that would break their heart or uh, get them focused on the tefillah that they were about to give. The zakin pashta spoke before the tefillah and he would say, When the people of Ninveh in Sefer Yonah did tshuva, it doesn't say that God saw their sackcloth and he saw their fasting and that's why he listened to their... The sackcloth and the fasting is beside the point. What does it say? God saw their actions that they that they did tshuva from darkam hara from their from their from their bad ways. That's what Hakadosh Baruch Hu saw. So it's it, what he would try to remind everybody on the fast day is that you might think that it's all about the fasting. It's not all about the fasting. It's all about the feelings of tshuva that the fasting inspires. The Chassam Sofer writes that nevertheless you still have to fast. I mean you can't say oh it's not about the fasting. Okay good so let's have breakfast. Now I'll do tshuva at breakfast. I'll do tshuva over Dunkin' Donuts. No, it doesn't work that way. You still have to fast, but uh, but in order to bring about the hachnas alev, the humility that leads one to tshuva, he, he, he says the fasting is like shiore mitzvah, that, uh, that, but the ikr mitzvah is certainly the, the tshuva itself. The Mishabura writes this way in Simtav Kof Memtes, that the tainus is a hachanal tshuva. It prepares us to do proper uh, to do proper tshuva, and therefore those people who fast and then just stam, spend the day going uh, playing ball or whatever, on a fast day, so that's uh, it's a waste of a fast because Hakadosh Baruch could care less about the fast. What he's interested in is the tshuva. 
then he quotes, and you should know it says in Divrei Kabbalah, Divrei Kabbalah means in the Navi, it says in the Navi, so, uh, so you should that, that the Kriya is on our hearts, that it's all about what's going on on our hearts, not about the Begadim, it's not about the Kriya that we tear in our Begadim. Rashi points out, he quotes, first of all, very interesting that Rashi, who Rashi quotes over here, he says, Vehikshet Tosvos Mandehu. You know how sometimes you have like Tosfa Arash and Tosfa Sarid and Tosfa this, Tosfa that, Tosfa Chachmei Anglia. So Rashi says, some Tosfa or another, Tosfa Mandahu, asks the Kasha that we quote a Tupsukim in this mission. The guy who's giving the speech quotes Tupsukim. First Pasuk is from Sefer Yonah. Second Pasuk is from Divrei Kabbalah. It's from uh, Nach. Well, isn't Sefer Yonah and Nach also? Why would you, the second one be called Divrei Kabbalah and the first one not be called Divrei Kabbalah? So Rashi writes that this Tosfos answers that any time the Navi is mitzaveh, any time the Navi is commanding and warning Klal Yisrael how to behave, that's called Kabbalah. Whenever he's not commanding us, it's just the Torah, the Nach is telling a story, it's telling what actually happened, but it's not a Belashon Sivu, it's not an actual command, so then it's not going to be called Divrei Kabbalah. You have to check if that rule holds true through all of Chazal, but that's uh, that's what Rashi says. That's the idea of uh, why why it says it that way over here. Okay, weiter in the uh, in the Mishnah, Amdu B'Tfila. So then they would get up and they would daven after the psychup speech. Now they're ready to do tshuva. They're ready to daven. So then they would daven. Maridul Teva. So who's going to lead the davening? Maridul Teva. Whenever you talk about someone leading the davening, you talk about Yored Teva. That is Yored. That he goes down because the halacha is when you build a shul. Shleach Tzibur is supposed to be lower than everybody else. Mi mamakim krasich Hashem. We call out to Hashem from the depths. So it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen shuls like this, they have like a pit. Not a pit, but like a few inches down at least where the Chazan steps in, and that's where he's, uh, he's davening from. So Maridin Lefnei Ateva, Zakein Viragil, they would put the, up to daven someone who's a Zakein, so he's, he's uh, Pashtus means old, Viragil, and he's used to davening, he's familiar with the Tfilos, Viesh Lobanim, and he has children, Ubeso Rekom, and he's poor, Kadeshe Libo Shalim Bitfila, meaning he has to have children so he has what to daven for, and he has to be poor so that he can be desperate enough to daven, meaning that he has he has thing he needs to support a family and he doesn't he doesn't have any any anything. So that's that's who we uh, that's who we put up to uh, to to lead the the tefillos. Um, it's interesting. The uh, yeah, let's see. Vomer lefnein, and he says in front of them esrim varba brachos. He says twenty four brachos. Yudches shabachal yom. The regular shmon esrei, the eighteen brachos of shmon esrei. Umosav alein od sheish, and then he adds another six brachos. Uh, in addition to the regular 18 that, that you normally have. What additional six brachas that he, does he add? The Eluhim, they are the following. Number one, Zichronos, like on Mosav of Rosh Hashanah we have Zichronos. Number two, Shofros. Number three, El Hashem B'tzarasali Karasi V'yaneni. Number four, Esa'enai El Harim. Number five, Mimamakim Karasi Hashem. And number six, Tfilulani Kiyatov. These are the uh, the 24 brachas that he's going to say in his uh, in his Shmona Esrei. This is Machlux Rishonim. Okay, which Shmona Esrei is this? Is this Shachris, Mincha, Neila? Which one? On Tainus they would have Neila also. So which Shmona Esrei would they say this? So the Ran says he quotes from the Rabbeinu Chananel that this is only by Neila. Neila is the special the special tefillah for the fast day. So they would say these 24 brachos for the uh, the fast day. This raya is that the Gemara previously on Dafyid Bey said that the Gemara went through the schedule of, of a fast day. And it said that the last 25% of the day, the last quarter of the day, there would be marbe barachamim. That's when they would say a lot of tefillahs. So this it makes sense. At Ni'ilah time is when they're going to say all the, uh, the tefillahs. 
But then the Ran says it's not such a good raya because it could be that uh, that wasn't talking about the fast days where they would say 24 brachos. Remember, they only said 24 brachos in the last seven fast days, not the first three or the second three. So that was talking about in the regular fast days. They'd be marba brachim at the later part of the day. Maybe in these seven fast days, they'd be marba brachim earlier also. They would say the 24 brachos earlier. The Balamar Shita is that the 24 brachos were uh, a separate tefillah. It wasn't shachris, it wasn't mincha, it wasn't uh, ni'ila. They would make like a musaf. There was no cover musaf, so it wasn't a musaf. But they would make another tefillah that was like musaf, just to say these 24 brachos. The Mi'iri quotes Yeisha Omrim that it was by shachris. And then uh, the Miri says it was shachris. And then, then uh, others say that it was, it was by shachris and by mincha. And the Ramban says that it would, say it would, by, it would be by all tefillahs of the day, shachris, mincha, and the ilah. They would say these 24 brachos. Okay, so anyway, so they would say these 24 brachos during the, uh, during, during the Shemona Esrei. It was the regular Shemona Esrei, plus these six extra brachos. Now, uh, Tos Yantav writes that in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah, it says that wherever there's Shofros Bezichronos, you always have to say Malchios as well. So Tos Yantav says, so what's going on in our Mishnah? Well, of the six extra brachos, there's Shofros and Zichronos, but there's no, uh, there's no Malchios. Why don't we mention Malchios? So Svasema uh, says that it must be that that's why Rabbi Yehuda is cholek. We're about to see Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, there is no shofros and, and zechronos. <coughs> but uh, Tosyantar says it could just be in the maiden klalos. Yeah, the Gemara says such a klal, but the klal doesn't, isn't, doesn't always apply. That klal means on Rosh Hashanah. It means on Yovel, <laughs> the Yom Kippur of Yovel, that whenever you have shofros zechronos, you have Malchus as well. So let's see, what does Rabbi Yehuda say? Rabbi Yehuda Omer, loe yitzharach lomer zechronos for shofros, ele omer tachtehen. You don't see shofros and zechronos, so we're short two brachos. So which two brachos do we say instead? Ra of Kiyeh Ba'aretz Dever Kiyeh and Asher Ha'id Var Hashem Al Yirmiyah Al Devarei B'Tzaros. Good. So those are the two brachos we add in in place of Shofros and Zechronos. Va'omer Chosmehen, and then we say a Chasima, a conclusion to each of these brachos. Now. The mission is going to list off seven conclusions to brachos. I mean, we just gave the, the, the topics of each of the brachos, and we said there are six extra brachos. Now, the problem is we're about to give seven conclusions, but there are only six brachos. So it's important to note, the way Rashi reads this Mishnah is the first conclusion is actually on the bracha of Ga'al Yisrael. It's a new conclusion to add in to the bracha of Ga'al Yisrael that we normally say every day in Shemona Esrei on the Tainis Shemona Esrei, and then the six conclusions to the six other brachos. So the bracha of Ga'al Yisrael is that uh, the same God who answered Avram Avinu at Haram Maria, he should answer our cries on this fast day, Baruch Hashem Gal Yisrael. Answered Avram's cries in Har Maria. When did Avram cry in Har Maria? Har Maria is Do we have uh, Avram crying, davening to Hashem about anything? Says the Marsha. Don't. Th- so I would have naturally read this to mean what the Marsha says not to read it to mean. That as Avram was about to shech Yitzchak, he was davening to Hashem, please don't make me do it, please don't make me do it, please don't make me do it, I really don't want to do it. Says Marsha, no, we have no record of Avram davening not to have to do the Akedah. It was the Ratzon Hashem, that was the Nisayon, to be mevatel himself to the Ratzon Hashem, and he was willing to do the Ratzon Hashem. But from the Yushalmi, the Yushalmi is asked, why would Messiah Ga'al Yisrael not Ga'al Yitzchak? So it sounds like it was the Yeshua of Yitzchak. That, that's actually what we're celebrating over here, is the Yeshua, the salvation of Yitzchak. 
But the uh, the Karanara writes that no, when we're saying Misha and Avram Baharmuria, it means that that's when Hakadosh Baruch Hu told Avram Avinu that his children that he's going to have many many children, that he's going to have a great nation is going to is going to come from him at Har Maria. So so that's what we're talking about. The one who answered Hashem Avram's tefilos to have this uh, this prestigious family that's going to grow, etc. That's the Misha and Avram Avinu Baharmuria. So anyway, that's the Chasima, the first bracha. Alashnia Hu Omer on the second bracha he says Misha. The same Hashem who answered our forefathers at Kriyas Yamsuf. And there, of course, we, we needed to daven because we had the Mitzrim bearing down on us from behind and we had the Yam in front of us and we needed it to split, so we davened, we cried out. So that same Akadosh Baruch should answer our cries. Now that's Zichronos. Why is that appropriate for Zichronos? Zocher Hanishkachos. We're blessing Hashem, the one who remembers that which is otherwise forgotten. Alashlishis Omer, on the third the third bracha we say, Mishan es Yoshua Bagilgal, Huyana Eschem, Vishma Bakolza Akaskam Ayomazeh, Barakatashem Shomea Trua. The same God that answered Yoshua's Philos should listen to our Philos, Barakatashem Shomea Trua, that's Shofras, Trua. Allah Revius Huomer, in the fourth bracha, Mishan es Shmuel Bemitzma, Huyana Eschem, Vishma Bakolza Akaskam, Hayomazeh, Barakatashem Shomea Tsaka. So even though we don't do these, these, uh, these um, uh, extra brachos in Shmonasre for our tinyos, we don't have real tennis tibur like they used to have. We have like watered down versions of uh, tennis tibur, but we do have many of these nuschaos included in the text of our slichas, right? Right, so we do incorporate a lot of these uh, these lashonas. Yeah, that was already mentioned in Rashi when he spoke about what Matrian means a couple of ago, and and one of the shittas was it means Anenu. So Rashi spoke. Ah, uh, what does Anenu mean? So right, right. So, so Rashi exactly. Good. On the fifth one, we say Misha Nesalio Barak Carmel Hu Yana Eschem Yishma B'Kol Tzakaskam Yomazeh Baruch Hashem Shomei Tfila. Again, just going through the text and the sixth bracha, he says Misha Nes Yona Mimei Adaga Hu Yana Eschem, the one who answered Yona from the belly of the fish. He should answer us Bev Yishma B'Kol Tzakaskam and answer our cries Hayomazeh Baruch Hashem Haona Beis Tzara. Alashviyus Omer on the uh, on the seventh bracha, meaning the last of the six extra ones. Mishan as David v'Shlomo b'Nobi Yerushalayim huyan eschem v'Yishma b'Kol Tzakaschem ayamazeh baruch atah Hashem hamerachim al haaretz. So we invoke the God of David and Shlomo b'No of uh, David and Shlomo his son and uh, and 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 invoke Hakadosh Baruch Hu's rachamim in the last bracha. Good, that's the first part of the Mishnah. It's all one Mishnah. Is there any other Mishnah in this parak? I don't think there is. I think this uh, whole parak, the way the Mishnah, the Gemara is, oh, no, there is. There is. No, there isn't. There's only one Mishnah in this entire parak. The way the Gemara used to be printed is that there was um, all the Mishnahs in the parak were at the beginning, and then they had all the Gemara from the whole parak. But at some point, the, 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 I guess the Vilna Shas, I think, was the first time they actually broke it up into uh, putting the Gemaras associated with those Mishnahs on that Mishnah. That's why a lot of times the Gemara will refer to a Reisha and a Seifa as, you know, of a Mishnah, and it's not really the same Mishnah the way we have it, meaning the Reisha will be two Mishnahis ago, and the Seifa is this Mishnah, you know? Uh, what do you mean? That's not a Reisha and a Seifa, these are different Mishnahis. No, the way the Gemara had it is one long Mishnah, and they're referring, they, they would learn all the Mishnahis in the Parak. So in some Prakim and Shas, you get the impression I don't know this, but you get the impression that they just forgot to break it up, that they just like accidentally uh, forgot to break up the mission into smaller pieces. So there's some Prakam and Shas where you have these 
gigantic Mishnayis, and then Dapim of Dapim of Dapim of Gemara, like the, the very beginning of Sanhedrin. Long first Mishnah of Sanhedrin, then the whole Barak. So over here also you have like that. They must have forgotten to, to break it up into Mishnayis, and that's why we have a Dafyomi, where we essentially learn a Mishnah. Okay, so let's see. Maisa, the Gemara says, there was a story, you'd be made Rabbi Chalaf and Rabbi Chalaf and Rabbi in the days of Rabbi Chalaf and Rabbi Chalaf and that someone went to Daven for the Amun and he finished the entire bracha and no one answered Amen. So it sounds terrible. So the way Rashi understands this is no, it's not that, that no one answered anything. Instead of answering Amen, they answered Baruch Shem Kvod Ed. That's what they did unusual. And then the, someone got up to announce, Tiku HaKohanim V'tiku! Everyone should, the Kohanim should get up and blow shofar. And the God of Abraham should answer you, Hariu B'nei Aaron, Hariu! That, uh, that, that the B'nei Aaron should, uh, should blow the shofar. Should cry out, rather, And he'll answer your cries on this day. When the Chacham heard about this, we would only do this at Shara Mizrach Harabayas. Very hard to read Mishnah. What? We would only do what at Shara Mizrach Harabayas? We just went through a whole bunch of things that happened. So the way Rashi understands it is that this is going back on the Baruch Shem Kvon Lachsalon thing that the Mishnah didn't really say but alluded to. That they didn't answer Amen, instead they answered Baruch Shem Kvon Lachsalon So when this story was told to them, was told to the Chum, the Chum said, nah, all wrong. They got it all wrong. You only say Baruch Shem Kvon Lachsalon in Arabayas. We don't answer brachos like that outside of the Arabayas. This is an error. Now, many of the other Rishonim, the Rishonim ask uh, tons of kashas in Rashi. The Ran says, why would we mention Lo Anu Achrav Amein, Dafka by a Tainus? this was by everything. I mean, why was, what does this have to do with the Tainus? It's got nothing to do with the Tainus. Why would this appear over here if this whole discussion, this whole story was really just about the fact that they said Baruch Shemba Matzalim instead of Amein? Second of all, the Ritva says, how could it be that Chacham Gedolim, like Rabbi Chalafter, Rechanim, and Tradion, would make such an obvious error? What, they heard about what happened in the Beis Amigdash and they just assumed that the same happens outside of the Beis Amigdash? No, we know that there's a special response to what to, to the Shem Hashem as it's said in the Beis Hamikdash versus the way the Shem Hashem is said outside of the Beis Hamikdash. The Shagasari and Gurusari asks further. He says, "Why would the Mishnah pause? I mean, when did we say that they didn't answer Amen? On the third line of this Amud, we said they didn't answer Amen. When did we say that Loa Yinu Nogin came? Like seven lines later. In between, we had this whole thing about how they were making an announcement, or whatever, and that's got nothing to do with anything. It had nothing to do with what the Chacham criticized. That doesn't make sense. That the the response should appear seven eight lines later. So that's why the Ran suggests two other pshatim in our Mishnah. We're not going to have time to go through them now, but the Ran suggests two other mahalchim in, uh, in explaining our Mishnah. Okay, weiter now. Shalosh Tainios Rishonos. The first, if if we were breaking up the Mishnayos, that would be Mishnah Beis. Good. Now we're up to Mishnah Gimel. Shal, I, I don't know. In the Mishnayos, you probably does. You have to see how it's broken up. See if it breaks it up this way. Shalosh Tainios Rishonos. The first three fast days. Anshe Mishmar Misanin Velomashlimin. The Anshe Mishmar. The Anshe Mishmar are the people. They would break up the Quran into twenty-four Mishmaros. And they would rotate. Each Mishmar had a week in the Beis Hamikdash, so every Mishmar went roughly twice a year, where they had a turn in the Beis Hamikdash. So if it was your and now within each Mishmar, they would break it up into a base av, where each base av would work one day of that week in the Beis Hamikdash. So if it's your week, but it's not your day, then you're called Anshe Mishmar. It's your week for your 
broader group to be in the base of Midrash. It's just not your turn that day. So they would fast, but they wouldn't finish the whole fast if it was a fast for rain. Because we couldn't have people who needed to do the Avodah be in a weakened state. They needed to be strong to be able to do the Avodah. But the people of the base Av who worked that day, they wouldn't fast at all. Shalosh Shneos, then the second three fast days, the second set of fast days, Anshe Mishma Misan and Mashlimin, the people of Mishma would fast and complete the fast, Vanshe Besav Misan and Lomashlimin. The second three fast days were more serious fast, so the Anshe Mishmar would fast the whole day, then the Anshe Besav weren't off the hook entirely, the Anshe Besav had to fast, but they didn't have to complete the fast. Sheva Achronos, the last seven fasts, which is the most serious and the most intense, Everybody's got to fast the whole thing. That's Rabbi Shua's opinion. First three fasts, none of them fast. Not the Anshe Mishmar, not the Anshe Besat. The second three fasts, Anshe Mishmar, the Anshe Mishmar fast and don't complete the fast. The Anshe Besat still wouldn't fast at all. Sheva Chronos on the last seven fast days, Anche Mishma Musam and Mashlimin, Vanche Besav Musan Vulamashlimin. The Anche Mishma would fast and complete the fast, the Anche Besav would fast but would not complete the fast. Anche Mishma Mutar and Lishtos, so period. End of that discussion. Good. That's the, in terms of the Anche Mishma and the Anche Besav, when they, which fast days they had to participate in and to what extent they had to participate in those fast days. Once we're talking about the behaviors and the Hanhagos of the Anche Mishma and the Anche Besav, the Mishnah also tells us in the second wide line, Anche Mishma Mutar and Lishtos Yayin Belelos Avalobiyamim. The Anche Mishma are allowed to drink wine at night but not during the daytime. The Anche Besav are not allowed to drink wine during the daytime, nor at, uh, at nighttime. So again, the Anche Mishmar, since it's their week, they're, uh, they're, they're, we, we put some restrictions of wine in them, but it's not their day, so it's not a big deal if they drink wine at least during the nighttime. Now, why should it be uh, the Anche Besav are not allowed to drink wine daytime or nighttime? Now, wait a second. When was all the Avodah done in the Basin English? Day or night? All in the daytime, right? So why aren't the Anche Besav allowed to drink at night? They're not, not doing Avodah anyway at night. So what would you say, Misvara? Why are they not allowed to drink at night? Oh, because they, they're going to need, uh, they, they're still, they might still be drunk in the morning. You need time for the wine to, to dissipate. So Rashi here says, because, no, there was, there was a job to do at night also. There had to be male varamu padarim that, uh, that were pakamial mizbeach. If anything, shot off of the mizbeach. There was fires going on the mizbeach. So something like, you know, from the energy of the fire just burst off of the mizbeach. Their, their job was to take it and put it back on the fire. So they had to work at night also. Rambam says otherwise, though. The Rambam writes that, uh, that the, in, in B.S. Migdash, Parakal Valachavad, that the Anche Beisav were not allowed to drink wine. Bemi Yomei Melayla, Shemi Yishta Belayla, V'yashkim Lavodaso, V'yadayin Lo Sar Yeno Me'olav. That it could be he still has the effects of wine affecting him. Why didn't the Rambam want to say like Rashi? So it could be because Haktaras Emurim, the Aruch Lenar, is because, it explains because uh, it was, he was bothered then why wouldn't they be allowed to drink wine on, on Friday night? There's no Haktaris Emurin on Friday night because you now let it burn uh, parts of a carbon of a weekday on Shabbos. So on Friday night, they wouldn't have had that concern. And they're still not allowed to drink wine on Friday night. So that's why the Rambam must have rejected Rashi. That's what the Archimedes explains. It's interesting. The Mishnah Masechus Yuma on Dafir Ches says that uh, 
the Kohen Gadol, you know how the Mishnah says at the beginning of Yuma, the Kohen Gadol for seven days in advance of Yom Kippur would be separated and, from his wife and they live in the special apartment in the Beis HaMikdash and Loha Yumonin Mimenu Machalu Mishta Kol Shiva they wouldn't withhold from him any food, any drink for all seven days. Wait a second. So uh, why not? The Tosi Shonim over there asks, how's he allowed to drink wine? He's, uh, he's, isn't he like an Anshe Beisav where he's not allowed to drink wine at night? How could they not be Moneami Menu Mishta? They should have been Moneami Menu Mishta at night. So the three, four approaches. Tosi Shonim suggests that it uh, could be that we're talking about after the Avodah when he's going to sleep. But still, over here it sounds like even Belayla it's us. So that doesn't really answer the question so well. It doesn't, doesn't seem to answer the question at all. Then Tosin Shadim quotes from the Riva that maybe it's talking about other intoxicating beverages, not wine. But wine you wouldn't give to him. But then the cash is still the same. The whole point is you don't want him to get drunk. Why would you give him other intoxicating beverages? So then others suggest, some of the say, no, no, they wouldn't give him any beverages, any intoxicating beverages. When it says that they wouldn't be monami menu mashke, mishte, it means that they wouldn't be monami menu apple juice or, uh, I don't know, whatever. They wouldn't be monami menu soda. But it doesn't mean that they wouldn't be monami menu wine. Obviously, they have to be monami wine from him. The, uh, the, the, in the question, in the Shivchei Kohen, says that uh, based on the Tosos in Daf Zayin, in a couple of days we'll see a Tosos that says that wine during a su'uda is not Meshaker. Wine during a su'uda doesn't get one drunk. So maybe that's what they would dafka Machal Mishta, they wouldn't be Maneami Menu. Only Mishta that goes together with Machal, because that's not going to get a person drunk. It's only on an empty stomach that a person gets drunk. Okay? There's a. Uh, Evidence to the contrary, perhaps in uh, reality, but uh, anyway, that's that's the the we assume we get the most drunk, I guess, when you're not having a meal. Back inside the third line, are not allowed to get haircuts or uh, launder their clothing. But on Thursday of the week of their job, they're allowed to for cover of Shabbos because that's when everyone gets ready for Shabbos. Now, period, new Mishnah. Any time it says in Megillus Tainus, which is a book of special Yom Tovim that they had, um, so that they that so any time it says that there's a special day that you now let say a hespidon lefun of us or the achrov mutter. The day before that day, you're also now allowed to say a hespid, but the day after you are. Rabbi Yossi Yom lefun of Rabbi Yossi says no, no, both the day before and the day after it's also to say a hespid. ana, but any time it says in Megillus Tainus, you're now allowed to fast lefun of uli achrov mutter. You are allowed to, you're, you're allowed to fast the day before. And and the day after. Rabbi Yossi, Yomir, Rabbi Yossi says, no, fun of Asr, the Achr of Mutter. The day before, you're, you're also not allowed to fast. The day after that date, you are allowed to fast. We never make a first of a series of fast days. You know, like a Bahab, where you have a series of three fast days. We never make a first of a series of fast days on a Thursday. Because What's going to happen is Thursday night, fast is over. Late Thursday, everyone's going shopping. They're going to have a giant meal on Thursday night because they just fasted. So everyone's going to be buying a lot of food for Thursday night. You ever go to Gourmet Glada Brox on a Thursday? On a Thursday afternoon? It's insane. Everyone's buying a lot of food anyway, even if it wasn't a fast day. Why? For Shabbos. So the two busiest days in the supermarket business. Fast days 
and, and, and Thursdays when everyone's buying food to cook for Shabbos. So can you imagine if they were both on the same day, how much food is going to be in demand? And the storekeepers, the shopkeepers may not realize that there was a fast day that day. And they're going to think, oh my God, there's a tremendous demand on food. It must be that there's a famine or something or whatever. And they're going to raise all their prices. It's going to mess up the whole market. So we're not going to do that. We're not going to make the first of a series of fast days on a Thursday. If we make the first of a series on Monday, so by Thursday the shopkeepers will have been aware, they'll have been made aware of what's going on, and then they'll, uh, they'll, they'll make adjustments appropriately. They're not going to mess up all the prices. The first three fast days, for, for, uh, for lack of rain, we do Monday, Thursday, Monday. The second three are Thursday, Monday, Thursday. Rabbi says, no. Even in the second set, and even in the third set, the first of the series cannot be on a Thursday. Ain goes in time to sell We cannot make any fast days on Rosh Chodesh, Chanukah, or Purim. But if we started the series and then one of the days in that series ended up falling out of Rosh Chodesh, we're allowed to continue the series according to Rabbi Gamliel. Even though Ramliel says we would fast on the Rosh Chodesh if it was part of a series, but he even he would agree we don't finish the entire fast. And the same is true of Tishbav falls out on Erev Shabbos. Uh, we wouldn't complete the entire fast. Good, that is the Mishnah. Says the Gemara. Seder Tanios Ketzad, Motzina Sateva. So the Mishnah had said at the very beginning, now we're going to go back to discuss the first part of the Mishnah, they'd bring out the Aron Kodesh to the middle of the city, and they would do this whole uh, putting the ashes on top of the Aron Kodesh. Says the Gemara, Vafilu Bekamaisa. They would do this even in the first three sets of fast days. Raminu, I'll ask you a stira. Shalosh Tanios, Rishon, Zushnios, Nechasun, Besa Knesses, Muspalan Kedach, Muspalan Kalashanakula. The Brysa says the first three fast days and the second three fast days, they would have in shul like they would any other day. It's only ubesheva achronos motzin as a table l'ruchav shuli or v'nosin efral gabi ateva ubrosh nasi brosh avbeis and kolach v'nerachal notol v'nosin brosho. It's only in the last seven fasts that they would do this whole spiel where they take out the aron and they put the ashes on the aron and the ashes and then the nasi and then the avbeis and the everyone else put the ashes on their head and they did this whole thing. Rabbi Nosson Omer Efer Maklehin Mavin. Rabbi Nosson says it wasn't just any ashes; it was Efer Makla. Rashi and Amar Alf explains Efer Makla means that it can't be dirt. It has to be ashes, dafka. Not because sometimes the word afer means afar. It means dirt sometimes. When it's afer makla, then it means ashes of something that was burnt. But bottom line is, this was only done in the last seven fast days, not in all the rest. You're exactly right. And when our Mishnah says that they would do this, it didn't mean the first three or the second three. It meant that they would only do this for the last seven fast days. That's what the Mishnah was talking about the whole time. So that's not a problem at all. Uberosha Nasi. Now we said they would put the ashes on the head of the Nasi. Vahadatani, after they put the ashes on the head of the Nasi, it says, every everyone every individual would be would put it on his own head. So Fraktimar Aini, is that really so Vatani Rabbi Omer, Bigdula Maskilimagadol, Ubiklala Maskilimakatan. In general, it's always an honor to go first, right? So you give the Kohen the first Aliyah, you let you open the door for Tamakhachum or a Kohen or whatever to go in front of you, right? So what about uh, if let's say um, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, someone's going in uh, to to get a to get a shot or something or something painful. So he's like, oh, "Kohen, please go first. Is that a, is that is that something? We, no, you would never do that. By gedula, when it's something of honor, so you must in a gadol. You let the gadol go first. Whenever it's a klala, 
Adarabah, you start with the smallest person. You start, you start with the katan. So begedula maskelimah gadol. Where do I learn that begedula? You start with the gadol. Shneimar, because the pasuk says vayomer Moshe laron leelazar v'lisamar. So first Aaron, then elazar v'lisamar. So you see that we start minagadol. Ubeklolim maskelimah katan. But when it comes to klolim, we start from the katan because bitchilim eskalim nachash. Look at what happened with the first sin. First the nachash was cursed. Vacharkach neskalim lechava. And then Chava was cursed because this was Klala. So we start with the lower creature first and then with man. Then Chava, then Adam. So, so how could you say that when we're putting ashes in someone's head, isn't that a Klala? Why would we start with the Nasi and Yav Basin and then let the, the common folk do it? Shouldn't we start with the commoners and then work our way up to the Nasi and Yav Basin? Answers the Gemara, Hachashivus Oliditu. It's a Hashivus to be the people that get the ashes on their head. Why? By putting the ashes on their head, we're telling them that you are so chashuv that, that, that you're the ones that have the ability to daven for everybody else. That you're going to be able to invoke the Rachamei Shemayim for everybody else. So that is a cover. These ashes are ashes of cover because it's, it's showing how, how empowered they are with the koach of their tefillos. The Marsha Mesechus Brachos asks why it is that when, when it comes to uh, Aaron Elazarus Summer, the idea of, of starting Min Hagadol with Gedula, it quotes a Pasuk, right? And when it comes to starting the Kalam and Akatan, where do we prove it from? From the uh, Omar, right? What does it change on the side? Uh, whatever it is, uh, the, that we start Bitchil and Eskal Nachash, we don't quote a Pasuk, we just uh, quote it like a Memra. Why don't we just quote the Psukim, Marsha asks. So he says, even though it is Mephurish and Psukim, it could be that. From the psukim alone, ein muktamu you would say that it's not uh, that, that there's there's no order in the Torah. So because the the klala of Adam, the klala of Chava, and the klala of Nachash are not in the same pasuk, they're in different psukim. So you could have argued that they're out of order, and really maybe an Echanami Adam was cursed first. So that's why we have to quote a Memra that no, that the Nachash was taka cursed before anybody else was cursed. That that was uh, that, that was the Seder Advarim. How it actually happened? Let's go a little bit further. Um, and then we said the kalecha vechad. Puts it on their own barosho. Nasi vavvez the nami nishkalu in huven in chubarashayu. So it's interesting. We said we put on the head of the nasi. We put on the head of the avbezin, and everybody else puts on their own heads. Well, why can't the nasi and the avbezin put on their own heads? Maishon to shakal and shakrino manuchlu. Why does someone else have to put it on their heads? So Amir Rabbi Yavadim in Kisri eino dome mispayish me'atzmo lemispayish me'acheri. There's there's you can't compare being embarrassed. By yourself, making yourself embarrassed by having and, and having other people embarrassing you. So we dafka want to create the biggest sense of busha for the nasi and the avbezdin to create a sense of agmas nefesh. We're trying to invoke everyone. We're trying to invoke tears in everyone. We're trying to get everyone to cry and everyone to feel a sense of Look what we've become. Look how terrible things are. So we dafka treat with disrespect the Nasi in the Manachlu, where would they place these ashes? They'd put it on the Makam Tfilin, the exact spot where you'd put the Tfilin right above the hairline. That's where we put the Gemara says in the end of the Prabhupada, so that's where we put ashes on the head of a chasan. If you ever see the chasm before a schuppah, very often they put ashes. That's the minute we also dafka by the makam tefillin. Pe'er is the is is the that we use to describe tefillin. And navi yecheskel pe'er chachavish alecha. It's the same osios as efer. So it's efer tachas pe'er that we put in the uh, in the makam of, of tefillin. Okay, thank you for.